Hi everyone and welcome to not Crosswires, but sort of Crosswires. This, this is a brand new show and it's a Crosswires production in partnership with the interface and we're calling this Charging Status. And uh, let me first of all welcome my co-host and uh, actually to be fair, the guy whose idea this was, Alex. Hi James. Good to have you back with us. Yeah, it's good to be back. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration for, for this show that's now become Charging Status and, of course, who you're representing. Yeah, cool. Um, so I've been on the show a few a few times before. So I'm, I run the Interface, uh, interface.uk. It's a UK-focused blog about electric cars, about cars in general, um, tech stuff, networking, all sorts of things that interest me, basically. I'm running for about 10 years, but we've last few years we've been sort of focusing on electric car news. It's something that it's quite interesting. It's sort of where we're all going eventually. Um, so it's it's a good topic to talk about because there's a lot of stuff happening. The whole idea for the show was, at the moment, there's so much new stuff being launched by car manufacturers that it's it's hard to not talk about it. So that's basically it. So we we chatted about it, and Alex pitched me the idea. And said, "Yeah, let's do it." So we're going to do this as a monthly show, and we been very upfront for our for our non for our US and non UK listeners, non European listeners. We were saying this is going to be quite UK and European centric, and there's a reason for that. And the simple reason is there's not much content in that space. A lot of, I think we were saying pre-show, a lot of the podcasts on EVs are very heavily US focused. Yeah, a lot of the big websites are US focused as well. So you've got Electrek, you've got Tesla Rati as well, and they're they're extremely UK focused. They are doing a little, sorry, extremely US focused. They are doing a little bit of UK news, but not much really. And even the traditional car magazines like Autocar, Auto Express, they haven't got any podcasts talking about uh, anything anymore. So uh, it's good to have something audio-based to talk about electric cars. So. Awesome. And we even, believe it or not, we've even been prepared. We've even got a little bit of a plan for the episode. And longer term, we are going to have some premium content in this. But don't worry about that for now. Everything's free. Come and enjoy. So let's get our engine started. And because it's an EV, you won't hear anything. <laughs> Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, on EVs, something a friend of mine told me, he has a, well, his dad has a Leaf, he gets to drive it when he's home from uni. Under a certain speed, they are legally required to make a little bit of an audible noise to let you know a sort of there. Is that? Yeah. So there was, that's 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 the way things are going. So uh, with, with the early EVs, they just were silent. And I'd imagine you've got eyesight issues, you can't see the car coming, you'll probably get hit by it. So they have they have recently they have had to make a noise so like it sounds like a spaceship basically yeah so, it's, it's kind of cool it's yeah. really cool so All i've right. noticed with cars reversing they just sound like a it's like a weird hum which is quite cool yeah and i'm you know I, i'm definitely seeing more and more evs and not just teslas there was you know sort of setting the stage here i started to see more and more teslas on my road and I'm like, oh no hang on i saw a paul star the other week i saw yep. Um, you know, and we we said cars, but of course, electric vehicles. Um, I've seen a lot of local authorities using the Nissan's um, electric little vans. Yeah, yeah, the NV even NV two hundred. Yeah, yeah, those those are quite an early early one they've used. But the one of the big organisations in this country that are now using more electric vehicles, especially vans, is the Royal Mail as well. Which really, is, this is ideal because usually when you get the Royal Mail delivery, the depot is not that far from you. Usually, so they can. They can afford to have a couple, well, 150 mile range and do their do their rounds in the morning. So, I'm seeing a lot more raw mail vans be electric now. So, realistically, and I mean, I guess this before we start talking car news, that's a mm. really good point. We're starting to see more and more 
because of the, the range, not limitations, but you know, realistic expectations of range. EVs have a certain uh, almost mission profile, mm. and certainly for deliveries, it's about maybe a last few miles of the, the journey that make an EV perfect. Is that a mm. fair assessment? That's, a, that's, a, that's fair. We're starting to see more of the larger vans as well be electrics. Like I've noticed that every time I see a British gas van now, it's electric, which is crazy. <laughs> Which is it's somewhat ironic, isn't it? it is. British gas driving the electric vehicle. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, from so many levels. Okay. All right, Alex. So what's new vehicle wise? What have we what have we got to really shout about this month? There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I just doing the last few weeks on the interface, there's a lot of new stuff that's been launched. There's new vans, there's new cars, there's new brands as well. <laughs> like new subcategories as well. So I'll start from the top of September, I think, possibly. That's probably a good idea. So, first thing I've got is Skoda are working on a small electric car. Ooh. So, Skoda really haven't... They've only got one electric car at the moment, and it's part of the, the Audi group, the Volkswagen Audi group. It's like the large... I think it's called the Enyaq. It's got a large SUV, which... If large SUVs, that's sort of the, the pattern for electric cars, and it's quite... It's, they're expensive, and they're, they're huge. So, it's good to see that Skoda are working on a small electric car, and it's going to be under £20,000. Wow. Which be quite nice. So, it's going to be very similar size to the Fabia. Um, which the Fabio will probably go away at some point and it'll be replaced by the this electric car that's going to come up, which is quite good. That's awesome. I've got to say, so my sister drives a Fabio. I think it's a, a 2014 Fabio. Mm. Do you know what? I've always, I've had friends who've had Fabios, you know, for various generations. Honestly, I think that sort of size car, and I know, let, for, for maybe for our non-UK listeners, let's be honest, Skoda have not always had... No. The best reputation <laughs> in this country. Not really, no. <laughs> and, and and I think there's so many things that you could speak to on that, but I'm going to put my head out there. I'm Just for full disclosure for everyone, I cannot drive. So maybe an interesting choice as a co-host for, for an EV <laughs> podcast, but there we go. Uh, but I can aspire to it because, of course, we're going to talk about self-driving at some point mm. during the shows. To have something under 20,000, which makes it accessible. You know, my dad's looking at some point at changing the family car. And his big gripe, as we talked about, second time you were on the show, to actually talk about EVs, yep. that was the challenge. So well done, Skoda. Yeah, definitely. The whole VW group are going electric, so it's it's a good thing to see. So it will probably use the same platform as the ID3, because um, well, Volkswagen has spent so much money developing the platform for that. So it'll probably be a, a shrunken down version of that. So it'd be quite nice. Do you think then we'll also see something on, because as you mentioned, that out that whole Volkswagen group, So, mm. and it's usually been the case that you've got like the platform, as you said, the ID3 platform. Could you see that then going up market to an Audi ID3 platform, a more higher end? Yes, it's called the MEB platform. So it's already been stretched and modified in certain ways. For the, the smallest car Audi have got is the our Q4 e-tron. Okay. So it's got a smallish SUV kind of. It's we're still quite big at the moment. Audi haven't got anything city car sized um, that is electric yet, so I'd imagine at some point because Cooper have gone, they've got their own ID three cars. So I imagine at some point Audi are going to have something in that size. I'm I'm just thinking of the, the old boy rate, and I'm probably stereotyping a lot here. The old boy racer S three <laughs> sort of class. Yeah, I'm, I'm being awful. Um, but yeah, that sort of class car. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. A bit more of US no, no, uh, news. So Ford. Ford have got two electric vehicles on sale in the UK at the moment. They've got the uh, Mustang Mach-E, which is a largest SUV. It's very quite popular, actually. 
Um, and also they've got the E-Transit, which is um, quite a large, well, it's one of the most popular vans in this country. It's got very large, uh, quite a good range. Um, but one thing we haven't got over here is the F-150 Lightning. And Ford have actually seen a massive growth in in August. Um, they saw 307% uh, growth of sales of all the electric vehicles. And that's through the Mustang Mach-E, the E-Transit and the F-150. So they sold, they've sold quite a lot of them now, which is really good. And that's for a truck platform, the, F- yeah. the F-150 being a very famous. And So is that a full, is the Lightning a full EV truck? Mm-hmm. It is. So typically when car companies launch an electric version of an existing car, they're a bit lazy with it usually. They sort of modify it and shove batteries in where they can. But the F-150 Lightning looks like an F-150, but it's completely brand new, which is really good. Yeah, so it's got really good range. So it's truck it's truck shaped, but not typical truck. Exactly. Yeah. Internals. Hank Hill would be furious with that truck, I'm sure. Was <laughs> <laughs> a dang engine, Bobby? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize to all our Texan listeners. Uh, but that, that might be a fair fair impersonation of Hank. All right. Um, now, has that launched over here then yet, the F-150, or is it? They're not, for- they're not bringing it over here, unfortunately. It's too big. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but they've. What's, what's good is over in the US, Ford have now got a 90% market share of commercial electric vehicles. Oh, wow. Which is incredible, considering they've only got three cars on sale. That's, that is something. Now, and, and, the, and you hit the nail on the head with the transit. You know, every van, van with a man? No, man with a van. Yep. Traditionally would be, a, you know, would have a transit or, you know, so, in fact, yeah, usually a transit, right? And to see Ford bringing, because I think didn't they kill off the transit line for a while? Like the traditional, I don't think so. No, um, they've got they've got two. They've got two. They've got the smaller Transit Custom, and they've got the large Transit. And then the one that's electric at the moment is the large one. Right. I, sorry, I just seem to remember something on on old Top Gear about the Transit going away, but it might have been just yeah. Mm, that's fine. Okay. So what else have we got? We've also got uh, Vauxhall have launched. So typically with Vauxhall, you've got uh, the VXR brand, and they haven't mm-hmm. since Vauxhall was bought by Stellantis, they haven't done any VXR. VXR um, products, any sporty products, <clears throat> but now they're going more electric focused. They've replaced the VXR brand with with GSE, so it's sort of like in like in um, sort of a hot back to GSI of those those older models. Um, yes. It's basically a sporty a sporty sub brand or sporty line of vehicles. So uh, one of the first cars that will come will probably be the Corsa and the Astra when they have their own electric um, versions of that, which would be quite nice. So these would be more sporty models probably with some more interior changes. So we are seeing, you know, all these car makers expand, not just their, you know, their typical platforms. Like, and I think we're going uh, to talk, you're going to talk about maybe the one, at some point we're going to talk about the Corsa E, but we're seeing them expand beyond just say a fam, I don't even want to say family car, but, you know, the more, what's the right term? Um, it's more sporty cars. Yes, yeah, we're going yeah. more sport, we're going more sporty, which is yeah. great to see in EVs. Yeah, it's good to see that diversification. Yeah, Vauxhall haven't spoke much about what it would be, but at some point they will release release more information. But and of course, people will be able to find all of that once it's out, once it's released. Check, make sure you go and check out the interface because you know um, Alex does a great job of keeping that site updated. This is going to be a monthly show, so you know we will try and bring you as much news as we can. But for more up to date stuff, do make sure you go and check out the interface because, as I said, it, that's why we're doing the show to, to sort of bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. So. I have, a, I have a quick question because we've seen so much coming out of all these different companies. 
as it stands right now, are there any, you know, the sort of the big names in cars or vehicles that are really sort of being stubborn and saying, no, we're not doing anything with EVs at this point? It's a good question. I'd imagine probably your more supercar companies. So right. um, Lamborghini haven't done anything. Ferrari haven't done anything. The only thing they've done is a, a mild hybrid of a V6 engine for a, a Ferrari. And also Alfa Romeo hasn't gone. So more the older companies haven't gone any haven't gone that way and also yeah there are there are some companies that haven't you know that's okay but i think eventually we will see everyone in that field it's yeah. gonna, it we're, we're in interesting times for for evs i think is a fair fair statement yeah we are some also some of the more british companies like lotus and um the smaller the smaller jobs like morgan and ariel haven't gone haven't done anything yet either so and i and, and to, in their defense i don't know if they need to because those are it, like you, you know, your Ariel Atom and your Morgans and things like that, they are very specialist cars. They are. they are not, they're probably not the sort of thing that you're going to take down to the shops. They are your track day cars. And I can see those being petrol for a while. Mm. Um, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe maybe one day we'll have a, a track a track ready EV. It'll be quite cool. I don't, I don't think we, do we have one yet? Do we have anything that's, because I can't think of anything. The only thing I can think of is the, um, the Tesla uh, Model S Plaid. That's oh yes, that's, that's very track focused. But True. nothing. Oh, maybe the Roadster. Maybe the Roadster. Yeah, that's yeah. When that when that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when. <laughs> <laughs> so any more ca- any more car or vehicle news that we need to highlight? Yeah, the other thing I'm I'm I've got a big fascination for electric vans. Uh, I don't know okay. if you can tell. So I can. Um, <laughs> the Volkswagen, um, the ID Buzz, which is. Um, sort of a heart back to sort of the old campervan days. They've they've launched the ID Buzz sort of people mover. People, well, it's kind of a people carrier, sort of a people a people mover van essentially. And they've also got a van version of it as well. So the earlier last week, the van version went up for, went on went on sale, and that's really interesting. It's a, like a brand new commercial vehicle. Um, prices are from forty six grand though, which is um, that's with VAT. Um, but that's got massive amount of range 256 miles of range you can hold two european pallets in there which is like a standard way of right. seeing how big a van is and it's got all sorts of things like carplay usb-c port so it's quite a modern vehicle um but it'd be it'd be good for fleets and stuff so that's really interesting so and in terms of that price point mm. how does that stack up with say uh, an equivalent two european pallet combustion vehicle brand new similarly specced combustion vehicle it's more expensive i've seen with the with the um voxel stuff and the citroen stuff the electric versions of the vans are more they're just more expensive so that, for example the tran- the transporter which is a similar size the pe- the diesel transporter is mm-hmm. 31000 uh, that's okay. without vat the id buzz cargo without vat is 38 so it's it's only 4 4 or 5 grand more obviously with less less range because a diesel vehicle can travel a lot further but um, but still, it's for for short range stuff, fleets and stuff. It'd be quite 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 good, I think. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I can see for ex- I mean, <laughs> I say newspapers, and this is me going back to a little bit of my you know my previous uh, heritage, my, my certainly my family heritage. Uh, I think I've said on, on Crosswise, my dad was a print engineer, mm-hmm. um, you know, in newspapers, and of course, you know, flip side of that is all the transport of the newspapers between different agents and sites. And, you know, going, and I always remember all the vans, there's a huge parking 
garage down at the bottom of the uh, thing, and or you know you'd send all the papers down. But again, these sort of mid, you know, two pallets in the, you know, decent range, enough to get around, say, the county oh, yeah. to distribute those papers to the, you know, the distributors or the agents. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Or the raw mail or those sort of people. So, yeah. Well, do, do you know, honestly, I like this idea because there's also a wonder, a market that I definitely could do with taking advantage of at times. You know, as we said earlier, the man with a van. Now, I have to move a sofa. Uh, I finally got a sofa for the new flat, um, <laughs> which is incredible. But moving it is a whole different story because oh, I yeah. can't drive. Um, so it looks like we could probably be using one of my friend's cars to, to you know, shove it in my back. But, you know, a nice, you know, be able to call someone and say, hey, I need to pick up this sofa. And he's got, okay, no problem at all. I've got my nice, reasonably sized EV van. Let's go and do it. Yeah, it'll be quite a good, quite a good thing to do. The other bit of stuff is Volvo will be launching a so this seemed a bit weird to me when I read, when I when I wrote the wrote the article that Volvo you mentioned Polestar earlier Volvo have got Polestar as sort of a sister company sort of a yeah. sub brand and um, I find it weird that Volvo are making fully electric cars still which is a I'm not sure where where that where that lines up but they've got a whole new it's called an EX90 that's going to come out in November no pictures have been launched yet but it's going to be just a electric version of the XC90 which would be quite quite cool but I'm not sure what they're going to do with that going forward because they've got Polestar and and Volvo, but but I mean to be first of all loved always a big fan of the XC90. That was always the sort of the family car I wanted us to have as yep. a family because I don't know what but there's something about Volvo. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's just something about their cars that I have always liked. Yeah, they're quite nice. Yeah, and going EV on that, but you know I think about Volvo and Polestar, maybe mm. it's a similar sort of thing to Skoda and Volkswagen, yeah. where maybe the Polestar is going to have the more uh, innovative features. I, mm. I, I'm wondering, uh, could it be EX... Is it just EX90, not EXC90? Then? Yeah, it's yeah, EX90, okay. yeah. EX90. Um, I wonder when we're going to bring out the Joe 90. No. No. <laughs> okay, so before we move on, I do. So this is maybe the problem with working with a young. I was going to say youngster, but you're not that young. No, but younger than me, youngster, is that a lot of my TV references get lost. Like we were talking earlier about Robert Huellanen's content um, for Fully Charged. I said, "Oh, you know, oh, he's probably busy making Red Dwarf." And you're like, well, "What's Red Dwarf? I've never seen that show." And my heart just sang. <laughs> When you know you're you're meant to be British, Alex, and then you know not recognizing Joe Ninety. Now, to be fair, so Joe Ninety was a, a Jerry Anderson Super Marionation show, pop, you know, similar in style to Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet, and it was about this young boy called Joe who put on these special glasses, definitely unlike these, and could like take on different skills and could okay. become like a superhero, not a superhero, but a spy or. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very cheesy. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> but I can see the EX90 being more of your traditional traditional design that's been made into an EV, whereas the Polestar range might be more of your innovative stuff and might have more of a, you know, of a, oh, oh, that's cool. Or hang on a second, I've got a joystick for a steering control. That makes sense, actually, because with the XC40 recharged, I've seen one of those. They're, they're literally just an XC40 that's, that's, that's electric. So I think you're right with that point. And um, now, I have one one, but isn't on the script. Question: You ha- have you drew- had a chance to 
experience any of the new model, the Model S with the new yoke controller. The no, I haven't. I haven't seen any of those in person. I've never actually driven a Tesla. Um, wow. Okay. No, it's. I've I've been in one a few times, um, but no, I've I've never driven one. But no, I haven't. I haven't seen. I don't. I don't know if they even launched. I don't know if they even offer offering that. I'd imagine they are, but I'm not sure. I, I mean, you know what I mean, don't you? The new, yeah, the yeah. new, yeah, Model S. I don't know if it is over here. I thought it was. No. I thought I'd seen it, but so, but you go listen to feedback. If have you got Model S with that yoke? What's your experience with it? Send your feedback to charging status at crosswires.net, and uh, we'll make sure you know we could, you know we'd love to include that in future episodes. I think would that be uh, a fair? Yeah, we have like a feedback section. It'd be quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do yeah, please do. We we generally want this to be an engagement, you know, <laughs> chipping in the comments and everything like that. So, any more vehicle news before we move into charging? Not for September, no. So, charging. I mean, the first thing we probably need to talk about, and of course, this is very UK centric. It is. Is the cost of living crisis. Yeah. Electricity's got a lot more expensive. I mean, Especially at the um, public charges as well. The price per kilowatt hour is basically doubled, if not more than that. Definitely more expensive to run an electric car at the moment. And of course, because that was, a, of course, a big argument is that when, you know, when fuel prices were going up massively earlier this year, it was like, oh, I've got an EV, I'm fine. Yeah. But actually now... It's a bit more difficult, yeah. It's, it's, it's still not quite... I did some... I haven't got the details of me, but I did some working out the other week. Electric cars to charge them are still slightly under... To do the same amount of distance and stuff. So slightly under the price of petrol. It's it's so if you got one, you're still doing a bit better, but it's still not quite as as a, a nice opportunity it used to be. So no, and I mean, I guess if you are very fortunate enough to have a decent in-home charging with a decent solar setup and all that fancy stuff, then you probably are still doing better. But let's just be really honest. Neither, again, both of us are probably not in that position, and. Let's be really honest. It's probably not within the reach of most of our listeners. That sort no. of setup. There are some. I think Osprey, or that, not Osprey, Octopus Energy. They were yeah. doing some sort of deal with nightly uh, tariffs. As you could, you could get. There are some people that I know have, have been on the five p per kilowatt hour tariff until next year, which is quite, quite like a quite a nice thing. But that's not going to last forever, unfortunately. It's a nice idea, and I think Bulb would do it. Bulb was starting to try that. Now, Bulb are in an interesting position because they are technically, they're technically they're in administration. They've been bailed out. Oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, which is, I was with Bulb at the last flat. But I'd, I'd like, so in terms of, obviously we've got the electricity price problem, but in terms of availability, what, what's been going on in terms of charging news? I think you mentioned something about VAT being potentially cut. Yeah, there was something. There was a lot of outcry from manufacturers about they want the VAT reduced on the on the charging price, basically. Because now that the price per kilowatt hour has gone up, they um, a load of other companies have just been asking for the the VAT to be reduced, which is uh, an interesting move. And just for our non UK listeners, VAT. The best way to translate VAT is sales tax, but it's a lot more complicated than that. For example, while Alex is getting me details, for example, VAT does not apply to everything equally. Um, so we, I could go to the shops right now and buy two packets of biscuits, now for Americans, cookies, and one will not have chocolate on it. That will not be charged, that will not have VAT on it. But if you've got chocolate on it, it gets VAT. 
Yeah, did you know that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. And a couple yeah. of years ago, uh, there's a whole thing about when VAT has to be charged. Like, there was a whole thing years ago about Greggs who are, uh, how would you describe Greggs to an American? Delicious. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh, it's a budget bakery, really. But Yeah. Oh, I, I have to share this. I mean, it's completely non-EV related. I was in Primark the other day, which is budget clothes. Now, yep. to be fair, good clothes. I'm actually wearing Primark today. But Primark now have a line of Greg's clothing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's quite funny. So, I mean, there you go. You could get your, you could get your e-transit Greg's van while wearing your Primark Greg's gear while eating a Greg's. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so, yes. Sorry, back on track. Yeah, so I managed to find the details about the VAT details. This was um, it was about four or five days ago, I think. The bosses of 23 public charging companies have, asked the, have publicly asked the government to reduce the VAT from 20% to 5% just to help people afford the charging, I guess. Well, that makes sense because if I remember correctly, 5% is the VAT on traditional energy. Ah, right. Okay. I think that's right. And so that makes a lot of sense if they're saying, actually, no, this shouldn't be charged at the same rate of that as, say... Yeah, you are right. Yeah, it says cutting the 20% VAT rate on public charges, which would match the 5% charge on domestic electricity in the in the UK. Yep. Right. And that, again, makes public charges more viable because that, correct me if I'm wrong, charging can make or break a country's rollout of, of EVs. Yeah. So if you well, if you need to travel anywhere, especially... I think we mentioned it in the last episode we did on the sort of on the road to EVs. It was I had some I had somebody I knew that tried to travel on the motor network, and at the time the the charging infrastructure from it was from Ecotricity was quite quite poor, and GridServe have done a good job to to improve that lately. But unfortunately, somewhat if one person has a bad experience on the charging network, that word of mouth gets gets around, and the whole general feeling of that is is bad. So it the, the charging network is is pretty much a very important part of the of the puzzle really absolutely and of course you know as i think as we talked about on my previous episode which and we will link uh, the previous episode in the show notes as well as of course all the articles that uh, alex has found uh, and put together on the interface so that if that goes through and let's hope our government do that i mean we're not going to get too political but our current mini budget has not exactly helped so let's see if the government actually do that I, i'm not as confident as maybe i'd like to be Anyway, more charging news. What what do you have for us? The other thing that was announced yesterday was Tesla have now hit a new milestone for the UK and uh, Ireland as well. With they've now got a thousand Tesla superchargers. Uh, these are indiv- these sound like, from what I can understand, it sounds like individual chargers um, right. with a hundred different locate or hundred hundred different locations. So the the thousandth supercharger was opened. I think it was last week. The look of things in London. So. That's quite a good milestone, especially that now they aren't just for Tesla owners. They're for every, they're, most of them are for everyone now as well, which is a good a good thing as well. That is a really good thing. But just correct me if I'm wrong, but just easier for Tesla users to own uh, to use. Yes, rather. they're much they're much easier. They're, there's no payment to do up front. There's no app to use with the Tesla stuff. You just literally rock up and plug in, and that's it. You get charged at the end of the month. So because it knows that it's a Tesla and it knows it's your Tesla. Yep. That's it. everyone else. Yeah. But I mean what's your this is probably but your experience of using different charging providers have you found 
because one thing, for example, with it's almost like messaging gaps because everyone uses a different messaging app and you have to have them all installed. Have you found that you your phone is now overloaded with oh I've got this app for this charging network, this app for this charging network, and everything like that? Was is there some commonality? Yeah. So when all the different electric charging companies have launched stuff, they've just done their own apps and their own NFC readers and stuff. But um, I noticed the the handful I've used that more and more now just are just going to have contactless re- contactless readers. So there's one I used at um, Lidl, and it, I can't remember the actual company that runs it, but it was literally just had it had two options: contactless or the app. And is that a similar sort of thing to uh, to pay at the pump? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in a traditional yeah, which is is fascinating. I love that because yeah, as you said, that's much easier. Just tap because you know we're both. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're both Apple Watch wearers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just tap your watch. Oh, now that'd be a cool feat. Apple Express Transit, but for Express Charging. Ah, that's it. You've iOS seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd because be Express awesome. Transit is you know we obviously we're focusing on on cars and and you know not public transport, but I've got to say Express Transit. It's so cool. I went to London in January uh, for work, and yeah, I I forgot how cool it is. Um, just to sort of not even you don't don't have to even pull your jumper down. You just no. what stra- strap your watch next to the thing, and it, yeah, it's amazing. They have got that in the US. Um, with it's a bit less organised, I think, than the TFL stuff is. But in certain areas, there are transit cards and that sort of thing. So yeah, what we don't have here is without again getting too far from EVs, though, to be fair, EVs are going to start playing a more important role in road public road transport, I think, you know, as we start to see buses become more EV. Yeah, I know more in China that a lot of, a lot of buses now are electric. I'm not too sure. There are some, I have read recently that there are some areas of the country, like smaller cities and stuff, that have got electric buses now. I can't remember off the top of my head where they are, but it's quite a good thing to see. It's great. And so going back to, to charging, you mentioned Lidl. We're seeing a lot, is it fair to say, we're seeing a lot more of the non-higher-end supermarket chains starting to put EV chargers into their, yeah. uh, into their car parks? Yeah, I think we mentioned uh, on the last episode I was on that Morrison's, I've seen chargers out now. Yeah, uh, Lidl as well. I'm not too sure about Audi as well. Um, but I know, I know Tesco have done the partnership with Volkswagen. Volkswagen have paid for it all, but they've got free, it's actually free charging at Tesco's, which is, a, I'm not sure how long that'll last now. <laughs> um, but if you've got any 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 electric vehicle, not even Volkswagen, um, you can charge for free at Tesco, which oh, is quite good. good. Yeah. So as they say, every little helps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> but, and it makes sense because, you know, thinking practically about charging, it makes sense that while you go and do your weekly shop, yeah. your car sits there charging. It is so if you only spend half an hour in the shop or something, it you wouldn't off the top of your head you wouldn't think, Oh, it's not gonna add much range. But it is with DC charging it's incredibly fast. It will charge so quickly in that amount of time, it's 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 almost worth just sitting it on there and charging. I'm not sure how good that is I don't know, I'm not sure how good that is for the health. If you think with your phone and the mentality about charging it, topping up, it might not do good for the health. But I'm not sure how that plays out with the with the car, but I mean it's it's very fast. I would I would hope that I say hope I would hope that they've got good battery management systems that mm. are designed because a phone battery I mean you've hit the nail on my head there but it's something we have to consider and maybe doesn't get considered enough is long term battery health on these batteries 
you know, because it's not like you can just... You can replace EV batteries, yeah. but it's not quite as simple as opening up a little battery door on the bottom of your electric remote control car. It has to go back to, you know, the, the maker... And effectively, the whole bodies. Correct me if I'm wrong. Particularly when you're talking Teslas, the whole body will have to come off. Yeah, it's it's basically the part of the chassis of the car. But I have read with the Teslas though that the um, certain people have had ones for ten years and they're still fine. Wow. So I think I think we're still in the early days of knowing what they're going to do. But I think it might be fine to be honest. Um, but we'll see. No, it's it's something to to certainly keep an eye on. Are we seeing charges in places that we might not have expected them? Or has there been any interesting developments of, you know, sort of cool projects that we've heard about for charging? There seems to be charges, like, in a lot of different places, like, I don't know, hospital buildings, just even, like, day-out places, like National Trust places. Just everywhere that you wouldn't even think that there seems to be charges popping up, even at McDonald's and things, so. I saw that, yeah, EV charging at McDonald's. Yeah. Kind of not exactly... Well, I don't know. If you're going to eat in at McDonald's, then yeah. fair enough. You know, you think of McDonald's as a very drive through Oh, now that's something I wanted to ask you about. And I, I don't know how much, you know, you know, but where are we at at the concept of sort of, um, I don't want to, I hate the term wireless charging, mm-hmm. but induction EV charging. Have we got any further with that since the last time we spoke? I don't think any, I don't think any companies are doing anything with it, to be honest. You lose a lot. You lose some efficiency with wireless charging, especially with even MagSafe on the iPhone. Mm. You lo- it just is just slower, and I think, especially the amount of voltage and current that they're going to handle. I don't think anyone's doing anything with that at the moment. So this whole this sort of future vision of being able to you know drive along the road and have your car trickle charge as it's driving that's nowhere on the. From what I know, I don't think anyone's done anything with that. So yeah, I mean that'd be cool. It would be cool again. You know, but as we get more, more, more in-home chargers and better in-home, because I'm right that in-home charging's improved massively as well in the last couple of years. Yeah, so the the, the external pod, I think it's usually PodPoint that manufacture mm-hmm. those. Yeah, those can charge pretty quickly. I think usually seven kilowatt hours, which is sorry, seven kilowatts, which is probably charge a car in about five or six hours overnight. The only thing that's really got better is the the public chargers. Really, um, the the home chargers were were there's they're still a lot slower than public chargers, but they'll it's it's for home overnight really. And I guess that's the point, isn't it? Very you know, your home isn't going to have the same sort of uh power input as that's it. Yeah, as and I mean to be fair, that mimics exactly what we've got in the in the combustion world where you know, no one's got a petrol pump at home. Nope. <laughs> Well, not that I know of, anyway. <laughs> I mean well interestingly, the place my dad used to work at had uh for i think they stopped it uh but certainly when he was first there they had diesel pumps on site oh, wow. for their fleet wow because i think it worked out cheaper but huh. beyond that i've, I've never seen never nah. seen that but it's interesting you know hospitals that makes sense yep. um although you know it'd be nice i'll get on my soapbox again it would be nice if nhs staff didn't have to pay to park yep. you know and maybe yeah. charge hey there you go Big go, Secretary of State for Health. Free EV charging for NHS staff. I mean, they can't afford the cars, but at least you can offer them free EV charging. <laughs> oh dear. That, that, most workplaces do have free charging. Actually, the, where oh, okay. I used to work, they had free free EV charging. Sort of a nice company perk, and I've seen some of the companies have the same things. So, and how does that? There's a question. How does that scale? As people say, for example, as your your typical office has more yeah. and more people EVs, how does that work out? 
in terms of because say you've got for example four ev charging spaces and say 20 staff with evs mm. how would that i mean is that is the fact that dc charging is becoming faster and faster going to be a case of okay you've got the charging slot from here to here today and then you swap out i don't know how that's going to work where i used to work there was probably eight or nine chargers and only three or four people had evs so that wasn't really a problem but i'm not sure that's going to work going forward. maybe every space is going to have a an ev charger at some point but that makes sense but hey so any more charging any more public charging news because that seems to be where we're going to be focusing on because as you said until unless homes get more you know inbound power which is unlikely to happen it's public charging that's going to improve the, the reduced range anxiety i think is probably a fair yeah i think you're right nothing 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 else new new apart from the the cost of it yeah so <laughs> So let's see if that goes, because obviously we're doing this monthly, so it'll be an interesting... Sna- I mean, this podcast is going to be a very interesting snapshot throughout the cost of living crisis to see where we're up to. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. All right, so test drives, just like you go and test drive a combustion car, Alex has been annoying showrooms all over his local region to get a few test drives of a, of a few EVs. Now, we just want to be really clear. None of these companies, uh, first of all, because it, they happened before this show even started, and just for transparency, none of this isn't anything special. This is literally just you going into a dealership and saying, hey, can I try out this car? Yeah, so I'm... I'm- Electric driving an electric car is quite an ex- a special experience, I think. It's very different to like even an auto. Um, so I've I've driven two or three the last few months, mostly smaller hatchbacks. They're just very very unique to drive and quite special. So one I had a few weeks ago was the the Honda E. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a, I haven't seen many of them on the road, and they're quite a funky little looking car. Um, sort of the round headlights looks like a little frog, a little <laughs> little bit. But yeah, it's um really nice little car. Uh, it's got for a person who's into tech, it's got everything everything you need in it. It's got um massive screen on the dash, it's got no door mirrors, it's got a mirror for the sorry, it's got a camera for the uh, rear view mirror, HDMI input for different things. It's it's crazy. Wow, okay. And uh, CarPlay? It's got CarPlay, yeah. So I'm looking at the Honda E and it's that's a you know what, in a lot of ways that's a beautiful little car. It is, yeah. It's a shame not many people have bought them, but no, but looking at it, it has the look of an EV. Mm. Like, you know, things like, silly little things like those those rear lights. And as you said, like, almost like the frog eyes on mm. the front. Yeah, as you said, so those are just cameras then. There's no mirrors. They are just cameras on these little stalks. Yeah, on the on the door mirrors. Yep. Okay. And then that all gets rooted through that big display. Well, yeah, you have two little cameras either side where the mirrors would usually, well, other side of the screen, right at the extremities of the dash, and then what's quite what's nice about that, I had someone in the car with me, and they said they could see what I was seeing because there's no difference in the mirror. If you know what I mean? Oh, now that's yeah, that's a big thing because if you've got a, if you're trying to maybe turn out of a busy intersection, yep. your passenger won't be able to necessarily help, or you will struggle to see the passenger side mirror. Yeah, so that actually is that's quite a big thing for safety. It's good, and they they can be moved around with a little button on the on the on the door. So you can adjust the view as well, and they're very, very crisp quality as well. And you don't have to clean them. No, they clean. They well, you don't. They clean themselves apparently with the with the rain. Oh, but okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. But yeah, and and you don't have to worry about someone. Well, I mean, I guess there's something still protruding, but you certainly don't have to worry about 
some idiot knocking them off. Exactly. They're, um, they're more aerodynamic as well. So, but they also the the camera for the there's a camera on the boot lid for the rear view mirror as well. So there's a little switch underneath the the mirror, and you can move it into that mirror mode, and then you can have it as a camera as well, which is quite cool. Now that's cool because again, in traditional you know traditional cars that don't have this, you have a problem. If say for example you're carrying a load of stuff when you're moving house. Yep. Well, you've potentially blocked your rear view mirror. It's, you know, I always remember, you know, going on caravan holidays, the car being full, but we're having to live, try and leave as much of a gap as we could. <laughs> I thought, to be fair, we had a whopping great caravan in the back, so it didn't really matter. Your <laughs> rear view mirror was useless anyway. I don't know. That's an interesting one. I had a, so, of course, if you can adjust those cameras' views, first of all, you can probably get past any blinds. I, I mean, I can't see you towing with this particular vehicle. No. But, you know, maybe down the right line you've got that option yeah i really like that so in terms of so first of all charging wise on this car what and this is me my complete ignorance of forgive me if i'm wrong that's right what 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 are honda using charging wise are they using dc what are they using yes yeah, so the the charger flap is on the bonnet so on the bonnet is a black uh panel so you, oh, i see it yeah uh, that there's a button inside the car and that lifts up uh like a little trap day trap door and there's a, there's a Type 2 and DC charging CCS in there. So it supports all the fast charging stuff, which is good. That's really yeah. good. Now, does that, because obviously we've, again, I'm going back to sort of referencing combustion. With combustion, when you go to fill up, you know, there's that, that wonderful scene like in The Inbetweeners where, where Simon's trying to fill up and like, oh, park closer, yep. pump four. Do you have that problem with EV chargers, or is it because we're just cables? Can you? Does it matter where the charging flap is? So yeah, I had. We'll talk about it in another episode. But I had a Corsa E last year, and the charger flap is in the same place as a fuel pump, so it's on the, it's on one side of the car. Some public chargers have one charger unit per two two bays. Right. So you have to if you park on the left hand side, for example, the cable not all would not always reach to the one side. So I, I made that mistake. I had to get out and return and like um, turn the car around. So right. it's actually quite useful having the charger flap on the front of the nose of the car. Oh, because of course, if you're pulling into the bay, yeah. typically that charges in front of you. Yeah. So actually, here's maybe a call out to the manufacturers: don't mimic fuel filling doors. Yep. You don't. You don't need to put no. them in an accessible place. Yeah. I think I saw someone saying how bad, how big some of these EV charging doors, I think it's on the BMWs, it was a YouTube short, mm-hmm. just saying how ridiculous some of these covers are. Yeah. Yeah, they get so. a bit get a bit strange. But. And what what was, so, I mean, I guess a question, so for, for this test drive, first of all, how long were you able to test it for? Some of the cars I've had, I've had it for a day or two. This one was a few hours. So right. I didn't really get a good a good picture. The one of the cars I've had before, I wrote a review. I had it for two days, and I wrote a review on the interface for it. So I, I had enough time to sort of formulate some sort of opinion on it. But no, I, did, I only had this for a few hours, which was um, was enough time to sort of get an idea about it. The only downside with it is the range, unfortunately. I think right. I think because it's such a small little car, uh, not, the range was only 137 miles, which is not a massive amount if you want to use it for commuting. No. I think so. Because when you when we think about that, and this is maybe something that we can explore and rate as we go through these cars and try and get you know you to look at more of them, is we we say a range of one thirty seven. That's kind of a that's almost a that's kind of a the, the equivalent of like a battery capacity yeah. gauge, isn't it? Like that's how much you can do on a full charge yep. in ideal conditions. And you think, oh, that's fine. A hundred. I my my work's only say ten miles away, or maybe five. But then you've got to think, well, you back and forthing. 
So that then becomes how long between you have to fully charge, right? It's not, at the most, if you're doing a return journey, at the absolute most, you're going to be able to do about half of that range. But only if you are can be sure, you, you have to have a good charging network on your journey plan if you're going to do longer than that. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it supported CarPlay. It had um, that massive screen. You can move different widgets between. You can move the CarPlay unit to the passenger if you wanted, and they could sort out the directions for you, and you can move it back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The um, one one thing I really liked was cars at the moment are, are going for software buttons for the temperature and, and the fan control. This is oh, yeah. all. This is all button. Uh, this is all um, knobs and stuff. So it's very accessible with your hand, and yeah, it's a nice thing to see, really. That is a lot. That is a really good fit, as you said, because I think maybe you've hit me now. If you quickly need to adjust the temperature, and you're now, I don't know what the law is. I'm missing. Maybe you can correct me. But this, the ro- the laws of the road are very complicated. But I would imagine that there's the same distraction factor to having to fiddle about to change the temperature setting as there would be to changing the radio station. Whereas if you've just got a, di- a physical dial that is almost muscle memory. Yep. That's safer. It right? is, yeah. I've temp- changed the temperature control in one of those vehicles before, and it, you don't feel quite safe because you, you you feel yourself drifting off a little bit and uh, on the, in the lane. So, yeah, it's definitely a safer thing to have physical buttons. Does does the um, does the Honda E have any sort of autonomous features at all? It had a surprising amount of stuff on it. So it had um, adaptive cruise control, it had lane assist, which worked quite well, and it had a parking self parking system as well, which was standard. Cool. And it had. Um, Blind spot monitoring as well, which is it's had a lot of stuff on it. And and now those aren't those aren't just exclusive to EVs, but I guess EVs make the most sense for those features to be there. How did you find? I, I mean, one question: How did you find yourself parking? Did you get to try that? I did. It's it's very clever actually. Um, I've used that system in another vehicle before, and it's it's amazing how well it works. It just you, you drive past drive past the this bay you want to park in, and then. Um, press the button, it will scan, and then you just it just reverses itself in. Wow. What's quite weird about that Honda is that the most most small little cars, even combustion and EV, are front wheel drive. So you have all the all the gubbins and stuff at the front of the car, and that what what that does is it limits the amount of radius that the front wheels can turn because mm-hmm. the because the Honda is rear wheel drive, which is quite unique, and all the stuff is at the back. The the front wheels can turn in a massive amount of of degree, so you've got a really really good turning circle on it as well, like a taxi. That's wonderful. Now, this is this will be using sort of a combination of cameras, and I'm going to guess some form of lidar technology. I think so, yeah. Which is again is I love that. I love the fact that we we've, we've got that. I mean, being honest, that's the path that we need to be heading down for me to be able to have a car. Once we get, I think there are dip, correct me if I'm wrong. There are different levels of autonomous driving, yep. and I think the version that I need which is basically means that you can operate the car without any human intervention, I think is level five. I think you're right, yeah. And most of his is nowhere close to that. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. No. I guess the, the final question to ask on my Honda E is pricing and would you recommend it? It's quite expensive for what it is, I think. So it's 30, they're about £30,000 in the UK. And before the government grant was removed in June for cars, it, that was about twenty. 28 26 so yeah it's it's in comparison to other cars of that size it's quite expensive i think it's very nice to look at and if it's a second i think if it's if it's a second vehicle for someone i think yes and if you're not driving if you're not if you're just driving it around 
where you live and not using it, relying on it for a long journey, I think probably, yeah. But it's only if you can afford it, I think, because it's quite expensive. So would you categorise it as a city runaround? It's a city runaround, but premium, I think. Right, a premium city runaround. Yeah. Okay. So if you can afford it, yep. If not, um, and there are alternatives, and we're going to be looking at those in future episodes. I know you've driven a few things, and um, hopefully we'll get you in some get you in some more cars going forward. Awesome. Alex, this has been such a great... I, I mean, I'm really happy with how our first episode's turned out. I think we've... Uh, I think we've uh, we've put our, uh, our foot down on the um I was going to say the gas but but that's the wrong term <laughs> in this podcast we've we've enabled more acceleration there you go um <laughs> Alex where, where can people find me interface and where can people find you on Twitter so the interface is at theinterface.uk and also at on Twitter at the underscore interface underscore which was uh, yeah uh, thanks I wanted, yeah. yeah thank you for that. Um, and I'm on Twitter at AlexLow30 as well. Excellent. And, of course, you can find myself on Twitter. I'm JSBillsborough, B-I-L-S-B-R-O-U-G-H. You can find the whole Crosswires content at CrosswiresMG. Of course, check out crosswires.net for all the episodes. Uh, we are working on, a, and Alex has seen a little sneak peek of this, we are working on a brand-new Crosswires site. We're really excited about that. We've got so much cool stuff. So, the plan is these will come out monthly. We haven't... I think we're going to be start looking at sort of the start of a month for these to come out, so we'll be effectively reviewing the month that's just gone. Do send your questions over to chargingstatus at crosswires.net. Of course, jump in on the comments. And once we launch the Discord channel, we will definitely have a charging status section in there for you to all chime in with your stories. Thanks for listening. And uh, Alex, thank you so much for this idea. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks, James. 